You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcast, on Netroots Radio, or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for October 2nd, 2020. It's not safe for work. Coming to you live from the Cornfield Resistance, where I am going to be spending the rest of the day rereading The Mask of the Red Death because it just keeps getting funnier every time I read it. It's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Hat tip Beetlejuice. Hat tip Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. We have oh. a new sponsor, new fake sponsor, we real do. sponsor, right? We have a, we have a, a, one of our fake sponsors, a brand new one, just off the shelf. Uh, we, this morning, we'd like to welcome our new sponsor, Masks. You know, Masks. You like, know, Masks, you wear them on your face to prevent coronavirus yeah. from, getting in, from getting out and uh, infecting other people. Yeah, good yeah. idea. Masks. So Masks are our new sponsor. Get a mask. Any mask, anything to cover your face, just do it and you'll make us very happy. You won't make us any money, but you'll make us very happy. We'd also like to dedicate this episode to Days. You remember Days, right? They they came in seven varieties, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so forth, before time became a flat circle. Oh, Days, how we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just Blur's Day. Yes, Blur's um, Day is a thing. Absolutely. Oh, I'd like to do a, a last-minute dedication. It's not in our notes. Two flu shots. Yes. <laughs> get your ass out and get a flu shot. We did ours yesterday, and we feel wonderful. Yep. Mm-hmm. Flu shots are a good thing. We got yep. ours. Uh, and and one last thing, just yeah. as as we're talking about taking care of yourself. Yes. Uh, there is. This is October before yes. an election, and there's it a is. lot to do. Yes, and there we're is. grateful for people that are knocking on doors and making phone calls. I did 35 postcards to voters this week. Uh, yes, uh, that's, that's five a day, which is not hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I could do more, uh, but I am pacing myself and taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And it's important to do that, uh, as well as, uh, do as much as you can. And you've got 35 other things to do every day. Every so, day. You know. <laughs> For the cause. Yeah, so, just FYI. Uh, but I am fitting in 25 minutes to do five postcards, uh, this week, they have all been uh, going to Georgia uh-huh. uh, for uh, John Ossoff. Vote your Ossoff uh, is the hashtag. <laughs> and uh, hopefully he will be a United States senator in January. Uh-huh. Uh, things are happening in Georgia. Things are happening in South Carolina. And uh, after the last 12 hours uh, of U.S. history, uh-huh. uh, Things are really happening quickly, and it's important to take care of yourself mentally and realize that one moment at a time. Yeah. Don't try to live all of October, and don't try to relive 2016, especially. No. Because, you know, it's in the back of everyone's mind right. that he could steal this election, et cetera, yep. uh, that Republicans cheat. All the time. Um, yep. But we're on to them, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really important to take care of yourself. And you can't cheat all of the people all of the time. You can't, can no, you? No, Some people can only survive in office if other people give up and sit on their hands and, no, oh, it's not worth my time, or don't make a voting plan. We've already voted. We, we did our drop Yes, box. we have. We voted early. We did? Yep. 
We our, voted by by mail. They mailed us our ballots. Yes, we did. And we took them down to the county courthouse, the building where we got married. Yes. And the uh, state, or the excuse me, it's Sangamon County because right. the the election is run by Sangamon County. Mm-hmm. They have a drop off box bolted to the <laughs> sidewalk. Yes, they do. <laughs> Very prominently labeled what it is, when it closes, etc. And we were able, without postage, to drop our ballots in this uh, drop box by the county courthouse. And one of our and, very uh, dear what? friends from church, who uh, I saw on Facebook, lost power um, mm. for several hours the other day. She goes, oh, power's out here. I'm going to go vote. <laughs> so <laughs> but excellent time management. That's just excellent Great. time management. Yep. And, yep. and so it's not hard to do. It's very simple. They give you a sticker when it arrives in the mail. It says, I voted by mail. So um, – you know, there's no way you can you like like uh, I hate to quote Casablanca because you know I hate to quote, quote Casablanca because no, you don't. You um, love to quote Casablanca to, at church all the time. To, I do. <laughs> like what? What's, it's a black and white movie that happened a long time ago. Okay, let's catch up. Um, but the, the quote that even Nazis can't kill that fast. Yeah. You know, if if we if all of us rush the polls, if we all mm-hmm. do this, there's no way they can they can take the vote away from enough of us to cheat their way back into power. There just isn't any way to do it. And the last 12 hours, the last 12 hours have been the part uh, on the Titanic where the furniture starts to slide across the floor and mm-hmm. oh oh something very bad is happening. Oh my goodness, this is very very bad. Um. And those of us down in the steerage who've watched the water rise, like, yeah, yeah, it's been getting bad for a long time. But um, as as you know, this is Friday. We're recording this on Friday. So all of you uh, who recorded your podcast early, you know, good people who recorded early, got in the can early, suck it because you didn't stay awake for well, Thursday and night. we've done that plenty. We've done that plenty of times yes, where we, we recorded on Thursday and lived to regret it. So yes, have. Uh, I have sympathy for those folks. Uh yeah, so I'm just going to read this sentence after months of playing down the pandemic that has killed more than 205,000 Americans and mm-hmm. sickened millions more. Uh-huh. Trump and his wife Melania tested positive for the coronavirus. It appears as though the uh, ACB, Amy, whatever her name Barrett Barrett. is, yeah. yes, she uh, her her big party on the in the Rose Garden to announce her appointment. Yes. Uh, was a super spreader event. Yeah, that big old maskless event. Um, yeah. Full of in, plague bearers. In the Rose yeah. Garden. Yep. And and it, it makes me think again that, you know, there are some fiction writers up there somewhere yeah. writing our history because it is such a mirrored image to the Rose Garden party after the House voted to repeal Obamacare. Yes. Yes. And they had the beer blast in the White House Rose Garden. They did. You know, and, and Donald Trump said, see, I'm the president. Ha ha. Yeah. Celebrating yeah. taking health care away from, away from tens of millions of Americans. Million people. Yeah. Including us. Including um, us. And our congressman was out there, too, having one of the ugly little you know, light beers that President Cheap ass or President, what do we call him now? Comorbidity Von Superspreader. Is that his name? <laughs> um, uh, it sprung for. Mm-hmm. Because he's a cheap son of a bitch, and he owes four hundred and twenty million dollars to some Russian gangsters. So you, you expect unbelievable. Him to skip. He yeah, has to skip I mean, we're going to get into Trump's taxes. Yeah. Dude, don't forget all of the tax cheating and uh, threat to national security and racism yeah, that, that is there, in, in spite of him away. having coronavirus and that 
sucking all the oxygen out of yeah. the news cycle today. Oh, no, no. That's all still there. And that that's actually the, the sort of the subtext of this podcast today. Yeah. And the yeah. subtext of the po- our podcast going back, well, geez, we're coming up on 11 years, aren't we? Right. Um, it's can can I just say something that makes me sad about Trump having coronavirus? Um, is is not what it says about him, but what it says about us. Yes, and what it says about what he's done to us. Yes, and you know, I I told you this this morning that you know I I had no love for George W. Bush no. at all. No, and I had even really even less admiration for Ronald Reagan. Yep. Uh, but when Reagan got shot. And when 9-11 happened, I wasn't gleeful about it. I wasn't saying, oh, you deserve this. Right. It was because it happened to our president. And even though, you know, Bush wasn't elected by the majority of us, just like Trump. No. And Reagan cheated his way into office by, you know, meeting with the Iranians. And so, I mean, I'm not going to get into all that. The fact is... when these horrible events happened and Reagan got shot and 9-11 and so forth, when these things happen, you do rally around the president of the United States, the office of the presidency. He is our leader. He or she is our leader. We are a nation. And this happens. It's bad. It's bad for the country. It's upsetting. And when everyone found out at around, you know, midnight our time last night that yep. Donald Trump had coronavirus. Yep. The, the glee and the sense of justice being done. <laughs> and it's because of Trump's utter lack of empathy and his unwillingness to be president for the entire United States well, and make any sacrifice to be America's president. It, He's a cult leader. It's a, it's, it's a guy who's announcing, you know, years ago that he's never going to wear a condom, going to sleep his way through every disease-ridden whorehouse in mm-hmm. In the Pacific Rim and then comes up with syphilis or some other STD, you're not surprised. Right. You're, you might right. be kind of sad that his dick's going to fall off, but <laughs> you know, you're not exactly shocked that the guy who made a, 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 his whole persona, his whole presidential profile was fuck masks, fuck caution, fuck science. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go in, I'm not going in for any of that. And my followers shouldn't either. Come out to these super spreader events at airplane hangars. Come to come to Sturgis. Don't wear masks. Uh, buddy up with each other. Shout at each other. Sweat in each other's faces because we're real men. You know we're we're the leaders. And then he comes down with the thing that every fucking person on the planet now knows you avoid getting by doing really simple things. And this is right. the most protected person in the world. Right. This is a guy who who, who our tax dollars pay to surround with a fortress and guard with secret service agents and, 24/7 and surround with humans right. who will take a bullet for him. Right. And he That's their job. And he yes. didn't give a shit about any of it at all. He just decided fuck it all. I'm I'm a king. I I can do whatever I want and I can get away with whatever I want. And well, you know, as as there's a gentleman, a lady or gentleman on Twitter, I'm not sure which um that you quoted in our notes. I, I, and like Kate Jemison is a woman. She's an African-American woman who writes science fiction. This is what Trump wants of Americans. The abandonment of empathy. Gleeful celebration of others' suffering. I'm trying not to let him do that to me, but I got limited positive energy right now. So I'm saving it for people who need it to survive the suffering Trump has inflicted on us all. 
And yeah, that's that's all. a beautiful piece of writing, and it says exactly what needs to be said. Well, there's a gentleman named yeah. D. Marcus who's, who who came on Twitter today, and he's a former Marine, um, and who's this is going all around everywhere. And I'll just repeat it for those of you who do not get on Twitter. Good for you. Um, he says, you know, you do you want to know what compassion is? I wore my mask, stayed at home, and done my part for the last eight goddamn months while other people partied gathered in large unnecessary crowds and screamed at grocery store clerks. It's yeah. not my compassion that's the problem. Right. The Republican right. Party is the problem. Donald Trump is the problem. The fact that the plague that he has helped spread has come home to him is something out of Edgar Allan Poe or Greek tragedy or every hack science fiction writer or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's, it was too predictable to be novel. And and give us the um, three-sentence summation of Mask of the Red Death. The Mask of the Red it? Death, yeah. Who wrote it? A, a gentleman by the name of Edgar Allan Poe wrote it 180 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, long-ass time ago, before the Civil War. Edgar Allan Poe was a Southern writer before the Civil War. And he wrote a whole bunch of good fiction that I enjoy thoroughly. And The Mask of the Red Death is very simple. It's about a prince named Prince Prospero who presides over a kingdom where a plague is just wiping people out. And it's it's a horrible plague. It causes bleeding. You die within 24 hours. And the, the descriptions are very vivid. So the Prince Prospero copes with this by bringing all of his friends and a bunch of jugglers and dancers and ballerinas and amusers and magicians into his palace, along with provisions, etc., and then welding the door shut and partying while the rest of the people die. And it goes along fine. It goes along fine until there's a masked ball and the Red Death shows up Mm -hmm. and strikes them all down. Uh, As I recall, the last line, which I use as a title for a story, uh, in the despairing posture of their fall. Mm. And the Red Death got in. Uh, He decided the best way to cope with a plague was to wall himself off with a bunch of his rich friends and party and party while the other people died. The Red Death got in and wiped them all out. And there's something, and I, I have refrained from using this metaphor um, because I'm a Poe guy, and I've and I've, I've written a couple of posts about it. But we are now officially in the Mask of the Red Death territory, where particularly when you think about Jared Kushner saying this is a blue state problem, right? Right. You know, it it, it there's so many examples of a lack of humanity over this until it reaches you. It's like abortion, yeah. you know. Well, it's like abortion. It's like gay rights. You know, oh, it's like gay it, rights. There's yeah, someone in my right. family who's, oh, suddenly I become, you know, I, I, I start waving the rainbow flag. And I, and that's great. You're an ally now. It took being punched in the face a few times, reality coming up and, and, and getting right up in your grill. Great. You're an ally now. Um, and if you're an ally for good, I'm not going to bug you anymore. But these people brought this on themselves. Mm-hmm. 100% brought this on themselves. And now it is here. The Red Death is among them. And Right now, um, as of today, there is literally no one who works at the White House or in Republican leadership or in conservative media who could this evening address this country and be believed by any sane person. Mm-hmm. They've spent, mm-hmm. well, I, I would argue 40 years, but at least four years um, lying about everything and laughing about And shredding about it. their credibility. Yeah. I mean, the number of people who have written to me or have mentioned on Twitter – it, can we be- actually believe that Trump has it, or should should we even doubt that? I know it enough. You know, and I, I'm right there with you. 
You cannot trust anything this guy says about his health, his finances, his leadership, his uh, plans, anything. You cannot believe a word he says. Well, and and every time he crosses another line and smashes another norm and tortures another institution, every fucking Republican in Congress gets in behind him and and looks like, what, what, what? The worst of them is Mitch McConnell, but they're all horrible, horrible people. Right down to our own Congressman Rodney Davis. Horrible people. So they've all just handed over their souls, lock, stock, and barrel, to the to the Republican leader, the dear leader, who and and backed up his every lie. Or just mm-hmm. sh- look into their shoes and shrug. What what can I do? You know, or just let, change the subject. You know, hey, look over there. There's a there's there's a Hillary Clinton's doing something. Maybe Barack Obama's doing something. So they have very carefully and very thoroughly destroyed any molecule of credibility any of them have ever had. And now is the time when you need someone in the big chair who can look at the country and do a Franklin Roosevelt or a a Bill Clinton or a Barack Obama or a Harry Truman who can look at the country, give them the straight dope. Well, and you said you you really kind of blushed you don't blush very often drift last but yesterday you kind of blushed you're like i really hate to say it but it may be that joe biden is the right president for this moment well (laughs) you know and and after do you remember that's because we are you know bernie sanders elizabeth warren left of left people we would rather see a yeah lefties and 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 we don't see biden quote unquote as you know a liberal standard bearer, although no. my dad does. You yeah, know, well, my eighty-five-year-old dad thinks he's the liberal standard and bearer. That's so. the point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your eighty-five-year-old dad from from Pittsburgh or from Pennsylvania? From Pittsburgh, from Pen- Western yeah. Pennsylvania, from, from Swing yep. State, Pennsylvania, thinks he's. But great, that's terrific. That's that's the point. Um, but right now, um, it is so important that these people are gone, are yeah. just are swept from power as as definitively as possible because as i said there there is literally no one home at the white house or in congress or on fox news or on conservative radio that anyone should believe at all Mm -hmm. they have all proven themselves smirkingly laughingly you know fuck you it doesn't matter if i tell the truth i have all these i have 60 million morons out there who believe any fucking thing i say so why should i bother with the truth I'm here no, to including own the every re- most importantly every Republican member of the Judiciary Committee uh-huh. and some Democratic members of the Judiciary uh-huh. Committee who have met this week and you know the Republicans were not wearing masks so uh, this happen. is a thing and it's mm-hmm. it's going to affect uh, we can hope that it will affect the Amy Coney Barrett hearings well they should at least uh, they quarantine. seem to be in quite a panic about it and they should be and uh-huh. and it is time to delay that appointment. And uh, wait till after the election and uh, let well, Biden do it. And Senator um, Mike, well, just FYI, Senator Mike Lee has already tested positive for, right, for COVID. Right, A few days after being he's, at the he's White on House. The, he's on the Judiciary Committee. You know who didn't test positive for COVID this week? Joe Biden. Joe Biden and, and Jill Biden today Jill, announced yeah. they did not test negative, even though they were at a super spreader event with the king of the super spreaders. Um, on Tuesday night, on Tuesday yes. night, as he shouted and screamed and spat and sweated and shed virus all over everything, uh, you know the, the Biden people came in with masks. Um, Joe Biden stayed wisely the hell away from Donald Trump, and mm-hmm. they apparently all left. And of course, the the Trump people all knew that the virus was running through the White House. They knew about Hope Hicks at this point, and they declined to tell anyone on the on the Biden campaign that there was any risk at all. Which was, of course, 
extraordinarily reckless and exactly mm-hmm. the sort of you know maniacally evil shit the lot fuck you i'm the president i don't have to tell you anything shit you expect from the trump people at this point who need to be well but i think you're missing another point which is that trump is not only doing the bravado crap Mm -hmm. but he's also listening to paula white the his spiritual advisor tell him that he's been sent by god and all of this is going to disappear in a miracle Mm -hmm. and and this goes to a point i made on twitter just previewing our show today it is really important to observe this whole milieu of Republican reaction to Trump actually has the virus. Right. Mrs. Trump actually has the virus. Uh, in the context of this party that has since before George W. Bush believed in their heart of hearts that we can create our own reality. Yeah. Their own real reality, not just their a real, bubble that right. they can live in, but no, they can reshape no. the fabric of reality by force of will. As long as they yell it loud enough right. that reality will bend to their will. And it's not – COVID isn't bending to their will no. and isn't going to. Well, and, and they can rely – I mean this is where the conversation begins to collapse a little bit because mm-hmm. they can rely on 60 million idiots um, believing anything they say. And if observing local wingnuts in real time, which is part of my job um, – means anything i think it does because this is they're sort of an excellent barometer of where the the whole herd is headed um overnight they did a fast pivot to um look at all the liberals gloating barack obama can't they be civil if obama got sick you'd never see trump doing this sort of thing god (laughs) and and here's and here's the fun part here's the fun part here's where karma just sort of adds just a little bit of lacing and edging and gilds the lily just a little bit. It is exactly four years ago today that Donald Trump was campaigning for president and making fun, mocking Hillary Clinton for being weak and unable to do anything because she has pneumonia. Oh, did you see how weak she is? Oh, look how weak she is. Look at you. She says she's going to fight things, but oh, give me a break. Exactly four years ago today. So what I urge you to do is find a clip of that. It's in the Telegraph UK. It's all over Twitter. It's all over Facebook. And it's all over Twitter. It's, I posted it at Crooks mm-hmm. and Liars. Uh, find yep. a clip of it. And when you have a Republican friend or relative or whatever, come on and berate you for being you know, inhumane. What if Obama had gotten sick? Huh? We'd never do shit like that. Post it to them and tell them to shut their fucking hole. Shut up. I think Joe Biden has the line of the decade. Shut mm-hmm. up, man. Just shut, shut up. up. Man. <laughs> it's time to stop pretending that these people are normal adult humans you can reason with. They mm-hmm. The only thing to do with them at this point is scream at them to shut the fuck up and ignore them. They're just, you know, this is, I, I've said it before, Coventry for these people. These people need to be shunned for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, who, I forget the name of the Fox reporter who, who John something or other. John Roberts. John Roberts, who yeah. had a bit of a meltdown. He did. And uh, over, over Twitter responses. Yes. Right. <laughs> Man, this How is dare real, you man. ask the question of Kaylee yeah. McEnany about white supremacists and yeah. white nationalist terrorism? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, John Roberts just said, all you people on Twitter demanding that I ask nicer questions of Kaylee McEnany. Mm-hmm. This is a question. It's a serious question. And members of Congress are asking the question, too. So bring it up with your Republican member of Congress because they have to run with they, he didn't say they have to run with this guy, but he did say I've had it. He'd had and, it. And I, there were a lot of um, mainstream Beltway media people there to catch his fall. 
and pat his head and say, oh, it's so sad you got attacked by those people. And my see, my theory of the case is if you work at Fox, you deserve to be shunned for the rest of your life. Yeah, I don't care what you do there. I don't care if you fill the fucking vending machines. You, if you work at Fox, you work at Evil Incorporated. And by now- For money. For money. money. And by now, you goddamn well know you work for Evil Incorporated. So I don't care if you kept your skirts a little dainty and starched because you've sort of held yourself above it all, or you look like a news person, or your name is Chris Wallace. and you and I scream at the people on MSNBC who say, oh, they're great people at Fox. Well, that's a- No, they're not. No. They're not. That's that's a different story for a different day, but- Yes, it is. We've said it already. Yeah. Uh, the debate. Let's talk about the debate. Yeah. Yeah. Trump well, bullied his way through the debate for 98 minutes. Uh-huh. He incessantly interrupted and insulted Biden every time he spoke and refused to condemn white supremacists and the Proud Boys. Mm-hmm. He said, stand down and stand by to the Proud Boys, who immediately adopted it as their logo. Mm-hmm. We're on television. Uh, We're on television. Yeah. Donald Trump loves us. We're on television. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's yep. exactly the response he got. Yep. Uh, he questioned the legitimacy of the November election. He refused to say whether he would concede should he lose. And he lied the whole lied time. Lied the whole time. And I have heard, I will not say who, but I have heard conservative podcasters mm-hmm. um, who have said, look, just between you and me and the three people who listen to this podcast – it wasn't both sides. I know people. <laughs> I know people have to say that. I know that Andrea Mitchell said it. I know just it and and Media Matters did a whole thing about. It. I wrote a whole post about this where there's mm-hmm. just the 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 biggest of all Donald Trump's lies. Compile them all together. The biggest and worst lie of all that that dwarfs them all is the both sides do a lie mm-hmm. because the mm-hmm. both sides do a lie is the big lie that makes all of Donald Trump's lies plausible. Right, and get you get away because you know liberals are just as bad no matter what. Donald Trump does. There's some liberal out there who's worse. So the big lie is the both sides do a lie. But there are there are even some conservative podcasters who are saying just whispering sort of. It's not. Both you mean sides. Charlie Sykes? No, no, no. It's not. It's not no? I, I'll, I'll say it's Mona Sharon. But okay. just that's just between you and me and our thousands. Okay, of thousands we of won't. Listeners. We won't. <laughs> yeah. Um, who were and, and there was uh, um, uh, Linda Chavez, who's a guest on her show, said uh, who who had to watch, she said, because I promised to write a New York Times op-ed about it, I pro- which it is a problem I suffer from a lot. You know, the people in <laughs> New York Times won't leave me alone. They keep insisting, would you watch some shitty television for an hour and a half and write about it? I said, look, loss is off the air, okay? I'm done with that. I'm done. And they won't leave me alone. But uh, but uh, uh, Linda Chavez said, look, I had heart palpitations. I had to lay down. I have, I, I'm doing, I'm a, like a, I'm do a, I'm in a test group that monitors heart rates. I was having, you know, AFib watching this guy. I had to, wow. I had to remove myself from it and I had to calm myself down. It was the most emotionally disturbing thing I have ever seen. I felt like an abused person. I felt like crouching in the corner. Well, it was and horrifying. there were a lot of women who felt that that was exactly the, the, you know, mm-hmm. role he was playing was and- abuser. And trying to get Biden to stutter. Uh-huh. And uh, then the former staff member from uh, Homeland Security who has resigned uh-huh. and called out the the warning that Donald Trump is a danger to national security. She came on and said, the, I'm so glad he was like that at the debate because <laughs> that's what every day in the Oval Office right. is like. Right. He won't listen. 
He wants what he wants. He looks at something on TV and, and demands that everybody get that for him. I want that interview. I want that kind of commercial. I want whatever. And everyone has to just jump at the whim of this person. Mm-hmm. No organization, no tact, no structure, no, here's what we're doing this hour. We're talking. No, no wonder they haven't had an infrastructure week in four years. We're you stopped. can't focus for five minutes. No, no, it, it was sneering. It's one big id after another. Yeah. It was sneering, snarling, racist, baiting. Fuck you. The fuck the facts. I'm here to mm-hmm. cause trouble. I'm here to set fire to things. I'm here. To, I'm hoping to disrupt enough things to make enough liberals cry that I get to go back and be president some more. Mm-hmm. And I, I mm-hmm. wanted to ask, I wanted to sit down with Linda Chavez and Mona Sharon on their little podcast and say, I want you to understand what I'm telling you now. I'm going to say it very calmly, Linda and Mona, what you are experiencing, watching Donald Trump doing the things Donald Trump is doing is what liberals have been going through at the hands of Republicans for 30 fucking years. Mm-hmm. Since Rush Limbaugh became your spokesperson, the guy you saw on stage is no different than Rush fucking Limbaugh. Since Newt Gingrich became your political template, Newt Gingrich's politics is what you saw on the stage. This is what liberals have been trying to tell you for mm-hmm. decades. And you have mm-hmm. been calling us alarmist crackpots who should sit down and shut up, who don't know what's going on in the Republican Party because we all love liberty and we all love freedom and we all love individual responsibility. And I got into a little trouble this week. Um, you know how I get into trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, this week was a very good week for a guy named Tim Miller. Yes. Uh, Tim Miller, If you might only know him as the guy who was hired by the lads over at Crooked Media uh, to be the token Republican who would kind of sort of poke at Trump. But then he got fired. He's kind of, he kind of looks like a hipster. Yeah. Well, some smart person on uh, on Twitter said – He's not the long lost member of Tears for Fears, so that's 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 who you that's who he is. But you you might not know him. He sort of exists in the background. He hovers around in the background. Uh, but he was hired by Crooked Media to poke at Donald Trump and be their token Republican until someone bothered to check his past. And well, it turns out he did a lot of shitty things, and he was let go from Crooked Media. So very sad. Um, but as you all know by now, under the Beltway Media's Bill Crystal rule that no conservative must ever be allowed to go without a paying gig or an important-sounding title for any length of time, uh, it would have been impossible for Mr. Miller to just go away forever and do something else. So he was immediately hired by the Bulwark and then hired at the Rolling Stone, where he reports on a regular basis that Donald Trump is indeed a very bad man because no liberal could possibly do that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he he has been famous this week because for some reason – he is now the political director of Republicans against voters against Trump, which is great, which is another gig he's got. And Republican that, voters against Trump. Right. Yeah. And right. that gig got him a, a gig at MSNBC, where he's been all over the place reporting that, indeed, Donald Trump is a very bad man. Um, and I followed Why him. Why did up. he get fired from Crooked Media? Uh, he wrote some uh, either racist or anti-Semitic shit yeah. <laughs> that – uh, he was ashamed of and didn't tell them about and should not have written and and should have been ashamed of. The New York Times actually reported on it. And I believe the deal was the crooked media people were reading the New York Times. They're going, wow, that's pretty terrible. I wonder, oh, shit, that's our guy. And then they had yeah. to have a moment of clarity because, you know, why they didn't use ZipRecruiter. You know, that's the problem. <laughs> you got to hire somebody to vet Let's these not people. write racist stuff in your past. Yeah. Um, okay. So Tim Miller um, 
was on the Twitter just that that very same day, just yesterday, I believe, uh, talking about how you know that the, these people who are still just just uncomfortable with Donald Trump and and uh, icky about him, and you know, well, if you haven't joined us by now, uh, us being apparently he's the leader of the resistance now. Um, fuck you, basically. Where the hell have you been? What's wrong with you? And I very innocently tweeted the following. Remember about a thousand years ago when liberals were crackpot alarmists for saying precisely this about the terrifying trajectory of the GOP and the media's utterly cynical, blasé attitude towards what was happening in plain sight. And Tim Miller, who is now a hero of, of the left and is now on MSNBC, did exactly what you would expect him to do. He immediately blocked me, <laughs> and I can no longer see anything Tim Miller does. So that, Nobody cares, Jeff Glass. I know. Nobody cares. <laughs> But it, to me, it's like I always say that when somebody blocks you on Twitter, nobody cares. But now I have a goal. My goal is to, and this is some, this is a question. This is a comment that no um, reputable opinion haver should be mm-hmm. afraid to answer. Right. This is simply stating a fact. You know, this has been going on a really long time, and liberals were right all along. What do you think? And his yeah. response was, "Block that guy." Yeah. And right. and so I'm going for the record, Blue Gal. I'm trying to get yeah. everybody at the bulwark to block me for asking them, what about the history before 2016? And so yeah. far, I'm batting about 900. So Yeah, you don't want Rachel Bittacoffer to block <laughs> No, you. no, she's she's lovely. And I'm yeah. glad she has a paying gig. But I wish I wish her better future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of people who, you know, we follow every now and then, um, I also wanted to mention that Megyn Kelly is like oh. us now, Blue Gal. It's just like us. I, she is almost exactly like us. Yes. Yeah. Um, she went she has from a podcast. She, she went from getting paid a shitload of money at Fox News to be the no, blonde. which we did not have. That did not happen to us. No, that did not happen to us. <laughs> the, the, the the point of convergence between us and her happens way down the line. Um, it has a podcast. That's, she has a that's podcast. where we have something in yeah. common with now, Megan Kelly. <laughs> what you need to know about Megan Kelly is she got paid a whole lot of money to be the blonde Aryan fantasy object for octogenarian perverts on Fox for a number mm-hmm. of years to say racist things and cross her legs on camera so that a bunch of 80-year-olds could jerk off to it. That was her. And, and say Santa is white. Santa and, is white. Yeah, yeah. All sorts of shit. Then they paid her even more money to leave. Mm-hmm. Then NBC decided, hey, you know what? Our liberal audiences really want Megyn Kelly. So they right. paid her another shit ton of money to, which they couldn't afford because they were firing people left and right, to hire her. And then when her show predictably cratered, they paid her even more. Oh, well, more. it's worse than that. I think it was almost exactly a year ago or maybe mm-hmm. two years ago. It was around Halloween Yeah, that she had an interview and was talking about, I don't see why you can't wear blackface at Halloween. Yeah. Well, her her <laughs> her show cratered <laughs> predictably. Yeah, and at that point, her show cratered, yes. And they, they paid her another shitload of money to go away. So she's been paid Four He's pots got three of money. piles, three or four piles of shit piles of money. Yes. So she decided, you know what I need? I need a podcast. That's what I need. That'll make my life complete. That'll make me a well, whole person. For a while, she had a YouTube channel. Yeah. Well, you know, and don't now we all? she has a podcast. And a, neither one of these things has any branding to it except no. Megan Kelly. I'm Megan Kelly. I have a podcast. You know, but you know who her first guest was, Blue Gal. If if irony is king, yeah. It wasn't David Gregory, was no, it? No, no, no. It's a friend of the podcast, friend of the pod, friend of our podcast, our dear friend, Glenn Greenwald, <laughs> uh, was her first guest. You are kidding me. No, 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 no. Her inaugural guest was, who's fascinating. He's fascinating, Blue Gal. He's a fascinating man. So she decided, what can you do to top that? Because that's pretty much the top of the heap. You well, know who she, she got? she had Alex Jones on her TV show on NBC. Oh, Alex Jones will come later. What's important <laughs> is her second guest. 
who was, again, friend of our pod, people that you know, people that you love, uh, none other than Hugh Hewitt. Um, oh, Lord. So that is the Megan Kelly podcast. It's Glenn Greenwald, uh, who's, again, top of the heap, can't get any better than Glenn Greenwald, then pivot quickly over to Hugh Hewitt. So I just think she's got a whole big, bright future being a podcaster for about the next month. She's got about six weeks. Yeah, if I would give her generously six weeks because she's really angling to keep her name out there for more TV time. And, well, she, and she, it, she is following the David Gregory career path, which is she once is. you get cashiered, quick, get a podcast. And David Gregory had a podcast for about a minute. Uh, it's on premium Stitcher or or Spotify, yeah. which I can't see. And well, you know, see, but then she got that that got him some money. See, sure. that's the thing. Megan Kelly hasn't gotten that paycheck yet. Well, she's and she's missed one crucial step along the way. Mm-hmm. After David Gregory got shit canned from Meet the Press, he wrote a book about his faith journey. His faith journey. His faith journey. Yeah. You know, my faith journey, and which was bought by literally dozens of people, most of whom are related <laughs> to David Gregory. And (laughs) then he could pivot from, you know, I had this experience, but my faith is so important to me that I decided to shit all over democracy for six years on Meet the Press. And then he had a podcast to talk about it, which, again, I I can't listen to because it's premium and I won't pay a nickel. She's hungry for attention. Oh, she really? Yeah. No, she's desperate for attention. Speaking of people that are hungry for attention. Yes. Melania Trump. Oh, poor, poor Melania. Poor Melania. This well, is a bad and, week for And her. you made a really good point last night when we were talking about this, that Melania, the tapes are coming out, uh-huh. dripping out. I don't know whether there's going to be any more, but the ones that were released yesterday were good ones, um, good bad ones about her saying, you know, why the fuck should I be worried about Christmas decorations, fucking Christmas decorations. So War on Christmas is on and Melania is leading the charge. Uh, and also, uh, she had some very insensitive things to say about babies in cages and how no one would cover her attempt to reunite one mother with one child, which she wasn't able to do because there's a process. Uh-huh. Well, that process is set up by Donald Trump, her right. husband, right, and Stephen Miller, her husband's employee, and Donald Trump's, her husband's Department of Homeland Security, and ICE. So all of that is her husband's thing. And uh, she might have wanted to talk to him, but I don't think she did want to talk to him. Um, And so she was really bitchy about how, you know, no one will cover the story because there's the liberal media. I could go on Fox and talk about it. They would do the story, but I don't want to go on Fox. I don't want to go on Fox. They're dirty. They're sticky. You pointed out that, you know, she really didn't sign up for this. She signed up to be arm candy and uh, a gold digger. She, she's she was she, supposed to be a decorative object on right. Donald Trump's arm as he and went. And she wanted a child, and he gave her a child, and then she had to get back down to 125 pounds within a month. Right. While he went and, and he shamed with a porn her star. in public over her baby weight. While he went off to fuck a porn star. While he fucked a porn star. Right. Right. That's the life that they that they agreed contractually to tolerate with each other. Right. And right, and no then point- she did. She didn't move into the White House at the no. beginning of the term because she wanted to renegotiate her prenup for yeah. more money for her son and herself. And it's clear they were fighting at the inauguration. We've talked about that before. the The plan was they were going to lose. This was going to be a branding opportunity. Donald Trump would be a political leader of the right and be on Fox all the time. They would be the opposition. The yeah. Donald Trump brand would be the opposition to Hillary Clinton. Yeah, the the Donald Trump wing of the Fox News empire. Right. Uh, would be And the, it would be a great show and bring in money for Trump. Sure. And he'd have his own 
He'd have his own show. He'd have his own podcast, just like Megyn Kelly. And right. I guarantee you, if Donald Trump hadn't been elected, but was just a right-wing asshole who had his own show with mm-hmm. 30 million viewers, Charlie Sykes would be working for Donald Trump today. Probably. Yeah. It, it's, it's only because Donald Trump became president and yeah. and ripped the face off, the face mask off the Republican Party so we could all see the, its bloodstained teeth and bug-eyed craziness that yeah. the people who are now never Trumpers had to get off that boat in a hurry and pretend they'd never had anything to do with that and find some other paying gig. And they all did, which is not surprising yeah. to anyone. Right. Um, but right. this is not what she signed up for. This is also important to remember. This Because this is a very eventful week. This is just a fire hose of shit. This is Trump taxes and Melania's craziness and more Russia shit. And, of course, COVID just ripping through the White House. But fundamentally, because we're not breaking any of these stories. You all know these stories. Fundamentally, mm-hmm. nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. The Republican Party that drove this country off a cliff, that's stomping the shit out of our democracy, is still intact. And still doing exactly what it was designed to do, which is finish off democracy in this country. And it will mm-hmm. do it whether or not Donald Trump recovers, whether he doesn't recover, whether he resigns, whether this is a fake. It doesn't matter. The Republican Party is the problem. And Donald Trump is Donald Trump because Donald Trump is the leader of a party of bigots and imbeciles. So everything is as it was before. You need to vote. You need to get out there and sweep these people from power. And you need to keep listening to the Professional Left Podcast for – vocabulary help in understanding where we are and why things are the way they are. Speaking of people who have incredibly undeserved positions at the apex of the American culture and political and journalism uh, organizations, this week, Brett Stevens is the luckiest man in America because he wrote the shittiest article in the New York Times, the shittiest opinion piece I've seen in a long time. And it was sort of brushed aside by the uh, existence of Donald Trump as a psychotic, uh, bullying madman on stage and the news that uh, that bullying madman and his wife have coronavirus and have to shelter in place together. But Brett Stevens wrote the laziest, dumbest straw man article in the New York Times I had ever seen uh, or I'd seen in years. And I, I wrote a post about it. I entitled it. Oldest living Confederate lesbian tells all to Brett Stevens. See, Brett Stevens has a problem. And that is he has not yet cashed in on the whole magic ruralism, go out and find a, a Trump voter and, and get inside their head and find out what, what are they doing? What are they thinking? And the problem is that he does not want to go out into the godforsaken interior of the continent where I live and go to one of the godforsaken small towns where I live, to one of the diners where Trump voters gather, and actually do the work of finding a Trump voter and talking to them in their native habitat. Fortunately, Brett Stevens lives in New York, so he doesn't have to leave. All he has to do is go to a cab stand and ask ask the cabbie to take him to wherever the hell it is that Peggy Noonan and Tom Friedman get the cabbies who tell them the cool (laughs) things that they tell them. And off he dashes into the night to do that. And he found one. And he found a Trump voter um, who is a Trump voter. But it was the real story is meet a secret Trump voter. Being a lesbian who voted for Trump is like coming out of the closet again. And it's ridiculous. It is, it's, it's a, it is a person who, without their last name, it's unattributed sources. It's one person that he dug up from God knows where who <laughs> agrees with Trump across the board. And if you just take away the lesbian part, that he's trying to build up into some sort of big dramatic um, uh, reveal as if 
there aren't black people who will side with racists because the Republican Party has a few of those. Or gay people who, who will side with people who hate gay people. The Republican Party has those too. There's always those outliers in groups that are being abused by the Republican Party who will side with their abuser because of for whatever weird psychological problems they have or for money or for whatever. See also Michael Steele. So if you just carve the top of his uh, article off, carve the headline off, it's just an article about asshole Trump voter. Um, yeah, right, right. Who, who, do, who quote, doesn't care about Afghanistan and the Middle East, cares only about her 401k. Uh, you know, sure, yeah, when this started, the news media was saying that millions of people are going to die, uh, but it's only 200,000. So yeah, did, did Trump lie about it? Sure, but it's not as bad as it could have been. Um, the pussy grabbing didn't bother her at all. For every cat out there, there's a gold digger. Um, what about attacking the press? Yeah, yeah, I don't care. When I read a front page story and get to any disparaging adjective, I stop. Uh, doesn't, didn't believe Christine Blasey Ford. Um, what about Russia being uh, up Trump's ass? No, that's Clinton. The Clintons were doing that. Um, hmm. And, so she's uh, just a Trumper. She's she has just, nothing she's to a, do with her She's sexual. an asshole Trump voter. That's right. all she has is. has nothing to do with her, her sexual orientation at all. And, no. And yet, yeah. And yet Brett Stevens tries to end his discovery of this person in a city of eight and a half million people who's a lesbian but thinks Donald Trump is awesome. As if that's – he's discovered, you know, he's cracked the solution of the universe. He's split the atom. Um, and he concludes by trying to sound ominous. If the Democratic Party and its allies can't hold on to a voter like Chris, who else might they be losing? And you know what? That doesn't sound ominous to me at all. That sounds fucking awesome. Because mm-hmm. I don't want a party with people like that in it. People who are selfish, authoritarian, loving assholes like Chris. If the Democratic Party can't hold those people, then the Democratic Party is definitely doing something right. And that was Brett Stevens, employee of the New York Times, vaunted op-ed writer who is no longer in Twitter because he got dragged so hard last last time he pulled this shit. Um, his opinion that I found this one person, but it's, it's a cultural trend. It's some kind of indicator that we should all pay attention to. Like, damn, why can't I have that job, Lou Gal? Why can't I just sit in the backyard and notice a cricket and write an article about how that cricket is really representative of the of the way voters jump back and forth between issues and just be the laziest fucking person in the world, write up whatever comes out of my ass and get paid a lot of money and be paid a lot of respect for doing that. That's the job I want, Blue Gal. Why can't I have that no, job? I know why you can't. <clears throat> oh. Because you won't stand in a party situation Drinking bad Chardonnay. That's true. And making friends, doing little chit chat things. I, I know. For contacts and friends in the in the industry. I'm so bad. Oh, at I that. mean the business. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. It's, oh, <laughs> I can't decide. Is it yeah. the industry or the business? I don't know. All right. I found the New Yorker article hmm. I wanted to talk about, or that we wanted to talk about last week. Yeah. Uh, I showed you this quote. Uh, it this is a little bit old. It's from the August 31st. Uh, issue of the New Yorker, and so, it's a long article. So in COVID years, that's 17 years ago. 1,700 years, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, in the magazine. It's called uh, Man in the Middle. On the web, it's called something about can can Biden hold the center or anything. It's about Biden as a centrist. Right. And what about the liberal agenda and his uh, – hinting at wanting to be an FDR style structural change president. And he has hinted at that. But the part that caught our attention was this little paragraph near the end about Barack Obama, because the author of this article uh, interviewed 
Barack Obama for the uh, article. This is Evan Osnos. I'm probably saying that wrong. O-S-N-O-S. He doesn't look anyway, very, so don't worry about it. Very, very long article. It's pro- mm-hmm. It is a profile of Joe Biden, but there's bits about it from Obama. Okay. And this paragraph, Obama is touchy about suggestions that his administration was too willing to compromise. Wait for it. Wait for <laughs> my it. Legis- my legislative agenda, Joe's legislative agenda, was at least as bold and aggressive as many of the young people's agendas right now, he said. Uh-huh. Sure. If you ask Joe and I what regrets we might have or what lessons we learned from my administration. hmm It's not that we were insufficiently bold in what we proposed. It's that we continued to believe in the capacity of Republicans in Congress to play by the rules, to be willing to negotiate and compromise. Yeah. Those are words that Drift Glass has been waiting for Barack Obama to say for 16 years, right? Well, yeah, um, and, since he I, started being president, uh, right? Almost exactly 10 years ago, um, mm-hmm. if memory serves me correctly, I wrote a, a post about how disappointed I was in Barack Obama. And mm-hmm. it was called Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Left. And it was, look, Barack Obama is built from the ground up to be a compromiser. He mm-hmm. is half black, half white. He's half urban, half half um, uh, scholarly. Downstate Illinois, Downstate. right? Yeah. He's, he's a yeah. community organizer. He's, and he's, he's assembled from parts of America – to be a compromise guy, a process mm-hmm. guy. And in Springfield, it was great because Springfield Republicans, you sit down, you have a glass of whiskey, you play some poker, you do a deal. But he, you know, half back of the yards and half, you know, Harvard. Well, and you got to remember that re- downstate Republicans in the state house in Illinois yeah. are the permanent minority party. They yeah. have to compromise to yeah. get anything done because there's a Democratic supermajority in the house of the state house yeah. of Illinois. There just is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and may I, may I say one more thing? There's a, the second paragraph after that about, he talked about how he kept waiting for the fever to break. Yeah. You know, and that is something he said. Um, it, oh, go ahead. He said, when Obama ran for reelection in 2012, he hoped that a victory would lead to a more amenable Congress. That fever may break. He said at the time, because there's a tradition in the Republican party of more common sense than that. Uh-huh. That hope is long gone. Yep. When I speak to young people, I say to them, look, our climate proposals were very aggressive. We just couldn't get them passed. And the reason we couldn't get them passed was not because lobbyists and corporate donors were whispering in our ears. The reason we couldn't get them is because we didn't have 60 votes in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And the same is true for getting a public option on health care and getting immigration reform passed. Through its actions, the Republican Party has discredited the old-style negotiations and compromises that existed in Congress when Joe first came in. Mm-hmm. And it's probably taken him, a, Joe Biden, a little time to let go of that, because I think he has experience of having been able to get stuff done. And I think it's been painful for him to see what's happened to institutions like the Senate. Oh, it, and I'm sure it is. It's agonizing because it, it is like there is no Santa Claus, Joe. And right, Santa right, Claus, right. you know, Santa Claus never existed. I mean, it was a fantasy of yours. And and this is a guy who lives, you know, the Santa Claus fantasy every day. Right. And it is defined by it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I looked up the article, I, the post I did. Yeah, it was November of 2010. It was mm-hmm, almost exactly mm-hmm. 10 years ago, a decade ago. 
And if I might read from it just very briefly. Sure, sure. Uh, it was a long article. This is actually responding to Paul, Paul Krugman. Ah. Um, a post, uh, an article he did about lacking all conviction. It's like Barack Obama, you've got to get your shit together. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is this automatic, automatic reflex to seed half the field, no matter yeah. what. And no matter what they demand, give them half. And they keep coming back for more and give them half of that and half of that. And eventually you have nothing. And I concluded, in order to avoid wasting his presidency, squandering the opportunity we gave him and letting the country spiral into a permanent corporate feudal pest hole, Barack Obama must do the hardest thing of all. He must exceed his design specifications. This is not unprecedented, but like Franklin Roosevelt, the capitalist turned social democrat, or Abraham Lincoln, the compromiser turned emancipator, Obama must let go of a central pillar of his identity and embrace the brutal fact that our modern house divided against itself cannot stand. We cannot endure permanently half-foxed, half-free. We, yeah. we will become all one thing or all the other. And this is your fight, President Obama. The burden has fallen to you. It cannot be shirked and it cannot be delegated. If you take up the challenge, millions of us will have your back, Mr. President. But if you cannot summon the inner strength to evolve past your reflexive need to compromise with people who want to destroy you, then we are all well and truly fucked. And here we are, well and truly fucked. Yeah. Um, we're not doomed. But it was a, it was just a gross act of uh, political crime. I mean, it was just un, unforgivable that this very smart man, who's the you know a very savvy politician, refused to see the central truth of American politics staring him in the face. Just wouldn't look yeah. at it. So when I when I write about people who won't embrace this, who won't look past it, the, the centrists and the cowards out there. I'm sympathetic to them because it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. It is fucking terrifying to realize mm-hmm. that a third of this country are basically fascists, yeah. are basically yeah. brown shirts. That's, and, and that's a very hard thing to have to admit. It is. It really it is. is. When it you, really when you, is. When you yeah. live on the American dream, when you've grown up mm-hmm. smoking the American doobie and right. fantasizing about every everyone rising on boats and we're all in this together and it's we and the there's people. there's a melting pot yeah. and eventually, yeah. And you right. find out there's there's – a third of the country is willing to burn the place down rather than to let that be true. That's mm-hmm. a really mm-hmm. hard thing to come to terms with, especially when you've gotten to where you are in the world by by being the purple state guy, the compromise right, guy. Right. Um, this isn't a red state or a blue state. Yeah. It's the United States. That's yeah. you know that is his entry into American yeah. uh, national politics imagination. Yeah. Right, and yet he took. All of the shit that the Republicans threw at him. He did. And built a presidency at, that united this country. And and in in spite of I mean, this is this is be careful what you wish for Republicans, because yeah. they made him completely ineffectual as a president uh-huh. by blocking everything that he wanted to do. Uh-huh. And so he went and did science fairs. Yeah. And he went and did head of state things. And uh, as a head of state person, he is now, uh, you know, on Junior Dude's list of best to worst presidents, he's the best. Mm -hmm. He is the – Junior Dude thinks of him as the best president who ever existed. Right. And, you know, we talked about how that is uh, time bias. Oh, yeah, yeah, recency bias. Recency bias. We talked about how that is recency bias, but it's also – his generation, Junior Dude and, and our girls, their generation thinks of Barack Obama as 
the president who represented them, who represented what a president can be, Uh and he will always be the ideal in their minds. And and who and and who you should aspire to be like him. I mean, they're right. Absolutely, their schools, their deeply integrated schools. Mm-hmm. Have you know hallways and science fairs, whole schools named after Barack Obama. Right, he was right. the person they all looked up to, and then along came this racist asshole mm-hmm. who tried mm-hmm. to tear everything Obama did down. Yeah, and and while the Republicans and the party him led on, him, the Republican Party led him, and yep. that yep. is going to. I mean, the Republican Party it's is dead. Cost them. They just don't know it. But yeah, the, the falling corpse of the Republican Party can still do a lot of damage. Right. Well, and and this is something that Gavin Newsom has been trying to warn Republicans about. Like, mm-hmm. I will tell you what the future of the Republican Party is. It's the Republican Party of California. Yes. It's a very small, mi- permanent minority of angry white racists. Yeah. And, you know, you'd get nothing. You get nothing. So uh, the other thing about Barack Obama, Drift Glass, yes. that he has, he has in common with you, uh-huh. his wife is a knitter. She is now. She is now. She yep. took up knitting during the pandemic, and she's got a secret Ravelry account. And uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to find it on Ravelry. I'm not going to try because she's entitled to her privacy. Sure. But uh, isn't that wonderful? I'm it glad is she's well, knitting. He married above himself, and that was smart of him. <laughs> so did um, you. <laughs> and I've got to say, once again, I've mentioned this once or twice, uh, mm-hmm. one of the very few claims to fame I have in this world um, is that I am responsible for Barack Obama being president. Um, uh, I, uh, when he was running, I vetted him uh, personally. I, the the little team I was on with the uh, independent voters of Illinois vetted him when he was running for the uh, state Senate, I believe, or no running Mm -hmm. for Congress, running for Congress. Uh And uh, I still have my Barack the vote, um, uh, ticket to the dance, the fundraiser that along the bottom, very small print, no corporate donations are allowed. So that's how much things have changed. Um, (laughs) met him in person, met his wife in person, uh, met him several times. He would not know me to look at me, but. He clearly was going places. He was a man yeah. who was going places. and he, But he was always a little bit too slick by half. Ah. He was always trying to find. And I remember one time on, on uh, Chicago Tonight, he, he, got, he stumbled. And he, he basically gave the answer, you know, we'll, we'll form a blue ribbon, ribbon commission to study the problem. Or whatever the, whatever the answer was, you know, we'll get to it. We'll figure it out and then we'll do it. And the moderator said, no, you should have a plan now. What's your plan now? You know what the problem is. What are you going to do about it? And he did not have an answer for a reporter oh. who, who pushed back hard. Um, he learned. He's not. He's not. He's no fool. But mm-hmm. it, it was fascinating to watch him rise. And I know I've said this before too. And, I, and then I'll stop talking about Barack Obama. I went to the Bill Clinton farewell um, tour when I worked for the city of Chicago. A bunch of us went over, and it, Clinton showed up, and every major politician in Illinois politics was on stage with him. Everybody, yeah. Daly was there, and and Dick Durbin was there, and uh, Madigan was there. All of the players were there, except for one. There was no Barack Obama. He didn't exist yet. He was he not didn't a, exist yet. He didn't yep. exist yet in anyone's imagination on any at any stage. When didn't get an invitation because no. he wasn't a thing. No, in, yeah. in two, this yeah. is two thousand. This is this yeah. was two thousand when yeah. when um, when uh, uh, Bill Clinton was leaving, and we were all cheering and waving our flags. I still have the little flag I was waving. Uh, Barack, I have a picture, and Barack Obama is nowhere to be seen. He didn't exist in the imagination of Illinois politicians or national politicians. That's how fast things change. So, yep. um, and one last thing is Ta-Nehisi Coates said, I, I think I'm quoting correctly, for eight years, Barack Obama walked on ice and didn't crack. Yeah. He did yeah. incredibly hard. He was better than we deserved. 
We <laughs> needed someone who could put a boot to the throat of the Republican Party. He was never going to be that guy. That said, as flawed as he was, he was probably better than we deserved. Let's do a news roundup. According to a study by Cornell University that analyzed 38 million worldwide articles about the pandemic, Donald Trump is, quote, the single largest driver of misinformation about COVID-19 in the world. Researchers found that nearly 38% of the, quote, misinformation conversation began with Trump driving spikes about miracle cures for COVID-19. Go postal unions from the Washington Post. Yeah. The postal service workers quietly resist DeJoy's changes with an eye on the election. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they bent the rules. Congratulations, guys. We knew you could do it. Yeah. They stopped taking things apart. They slowed things down. They did things on overtime. They, they, you know, they, didn't, they didn't break the rules, but they sure bent them hard enough, and they bent them in the right direction. Uh, Pope blocked. Mike Pompeo can't get a meeting with Pope Francis. Pope Francis refused to meet with him because fuck you, you're here for an election thing and I'm not going to do that. Good for you, Pope Francis. Donald Trump required food aid boxes to come with a letter from him because he's a tin pot dictator. Yeah. Then the director of the food bank said, in my 30 years of doing this work, I've never seen something this egregious. Of course not, because he's well, an of asshole. Of course not. Yeah. Um, this is kind of important. Federal law enforcement officials were ordered to say nice things about the Kenosha murderer. Um, an internal Department of Homeland Security document directed officials to note that Kyle Rittenhouse, the teenager charged with killing two protesters, quote, took his rifle to the scene of the rioting to help defend small business owners. Bullshit. He was a white racist from Illinois who drove across state lines to kill people. And he's being with an illegal gun. With an illegal, with gun. An illegal gun. And he's yeah. being celebrated by the right as a hero. Um, a Russian operation masqueraded as a right-wing news site to target U.S. voters this year. Mm -hmm. The Russian group accused of meddling in the 2016 U.S. election has posed as an independent mm -hmm. news outlet to target right-wing social media users ahead of this year's vote. Two people familiar with an FBI probe into the activity told Reuters it's illegal for them to do this. Yeah. Yeah, well, one of these days, laws are going to mean things, and then uh -huh. we'll woe betide the Trump and all their people. Well, um, there's going to be a whole lot of teeth added to some laws is what's going to happen. I hope yeah. so. Um, apparently, Fox News paid Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend, Kimberly Gerfer, more than $4 million to avoid going to trial after an employee wrote a 42-page complaint about Miss Gerfer harassing her and harassing her and sexually harassing her and generally being a creepy, awful human being. So no surprise, all of them are trash. They're all trash Yeah, this, the $4 million went to the employee. The mm -hmm. Fox played the employee to not file this lawsuit. Please, please don't file the lawsuit. We've already, we've already lost Roger Ailes and half yeah. of our staff because they're all a bunch of sexual predators. And, and they also paid, paid Kimberly Guilfoyle. To go away. A lot to leave. To go away. Yeah. Because yeah. she, she was showing dick pics for, on her phone to staff. Uh, she was asking her staffer, uh, do you like this one? Do you like this one? How do you like sex? How do you like to do sex? Uh, just creepy, awful crap. And I'll make you yeah. a deal, Fox. I'll pay me half of that and I won't even be on Fox News at all. Ever. Ever. Uh, you can just pay me to stay away. I'm a terrible person. I say terrible things. I bring up shit that happened before 2016. I remember Roger Ailes being an awful, awful pervert. I remember mm -hmm. all the things you don't want to talk about. So pay me and I won't go on Fox News and talk about them. <laughs> Brad Parscale had a bad week. He did. Uh, 
He's leaving the Trump campaign after being detained and hospitalized in Florida over the weekend. Uh, he was drunk. He threatened suicide. He loaded a handgun and apparently uh, had physical confrontation with his wife. Yeah. And uh, had to be taken down by the police. The video was up on Twitter and, uh, you know, shirtless guy, shirtless drunk guy uh, tackled by police in Florida. In Florida, Florida man. Yeah. So, Florida man. Yeah. Tackled by police. Uh, I'm sorry if he uh, was feeling suicidal. Mm -hmm. uh, we certainly take that seriously. And uh, uh, anyone who is feeling that way should seek help. There is a, a hotline that you can call and Just find indeed. it online. Um, on the other hand, uh, the Trump administration is terrified that Brad Parscale is going to flip and uh, tell the authorities all about the money laundering at the Trump campaign that he participated in, including, by the way, paying Kimberly Guilfoyle $15,000 a month, uh -huh. along with Mrs. Eric Trump. They both got a big paycheck from the Trump campaign. For doing nothing. For, being... for fundraising. Yeah. And, yeah. And, okay. and on the other, other hand, what is it about uh, the Trump people that they love men who abuse their, their wives? Their wives and have too many guns. They just love them. And uh, they love violent Assholes. They yeah. love violent, racist Testosterone assholes. Testosterone poisoned assholes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Melania Trump mocked migrant children separated at the border saying, give me a fucking break. Uh, we talked about that. And that, you know, she didn't want to do the fucking Christmas decorations at the White House. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's been a, quite a week. <laughs> yeah. Well, as Charlie Pierce said, yeah. if you show a COVID virus on the table in Act One. <laughs> <laughs> so. The last word today goes to Charlie Pierce, my friend Charlie Pierce. That's a deep checkoff cut. Deep checkoff cut. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. yeah. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitties are Gus and Nick. Listener Jason sent them in and writes, I wanted to send along this photo of our new kittens. Burton Gus Guster is the goofball on top, uh -huh. and Nicholas is the cutie on the bottom. Uh -huh. We adopted them almost two months ago, and they have settled in perfectly. They have joined our Internet Kitty of the Week alumnus, Gumbo Jack. Gumbo and if Jack. you remember Gumbo yeah. Jack, he was he sort of looked like uh, uh, Sydney Greenstreet. Yes. He's a <laughs> big, huge cat. He's head of all criminal operations. He That's right. Like that. Yes. Uh, Gumbo Jack thinks that Gus and Nick are a little too wild for him. Mm -hmm. But I think he enjoys watching them. And, yes. you know, they're kittens, so they scamper around. Both Gus, Nick, and also Gumbo Jack enjoy freshly poured cat food, our fake sponsor. Whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store dreck, your cats will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. Oh, my Lord, it's freshly poured. And you can visit Gus and Jake at our Facebook page or website. And you can send your internet kitty or other pet to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions. Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Hashtag save the post office. Save the post office. I'd also like to point out that I never would have predicted that in 2020, Going postal would mean saving democracy. Yeah. Yeah.
and God bless you. You know, God that's what you. Joe Biden would say. God bless you. God bless you. you folks, you, folks. You folks are doing God's work, let me tell you. Folks, <laughs> don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job, and it's a labor of love. Thank you again to everyone who's contributed so far to our bat removal fundraiser. We are uh, getting the bat guy to come next week and start the work and get the valves put in. And hopefully we'll just have the bats leaving just in time for the first frost. And Halloween. Because, uh, you know, and they're, Halloween, in, they're, you know. Big, they're in huge demand during Halloween. Huge demand. Big huge. season. Big season. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the, the Internet kitties this week are two black cats for, yes. for October. They're yes. very, very beautiful kitties. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution you can too. See our website, proleftpod.com, for details, our PayPal postal address information, merch, all the good stuff. It's all there at proleftpod.com. I want to let everybody know who listens to our show on YouTube that our YouTube channel is taking a hiatus. Our uh, angel nerd, Tammy, is working for the census this year. And we are so proud of her. She is amazing. She is just the best. Yeah. Yep. And she is uh, away from her computer uh, while she is counting citizens and non-citizens and people Mm -hmm. and uh, making sure the census is accurate. She's doing her part. And we are very proud of her for doing that. So we will be back on YouTube shortly and wherever else you can get your podcast. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. Hey, Driftglass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties are pretty sure they paid more than 750 bucks in taxes in 2017. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, lovey dovey. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2019-2020, DGBG Productions.